Did you did you call his publicist back? I did. I did. Um, they actually, you know, it, it's kind of confusing because I feel like they're giving you mixed messages, right? Like kind of like mixed signals, you know, because they're like, hey, you know, we'll have our people call your people. And then they don't call my people. I'm not even sure who my people are at this point. Like, I'm like, it's me? Or who are you calling? Are you calling Kyle? Are you calling Jeremy? Are you calling Brian? If they're, if they're calling me, it's probably just showing up as uh, scam likely because I, I don't. Scam like Oh, fuck. I need to start answering those. Maybe that's who they are. Maybe I, I, you think that you think their publicist, you, you think his publicist is scam likely? It could be. I, you know, it's an unusual name, but who knows? You know, it could be. Is it pronounced easy. scam likely or like scam lickily? <laughs> Ooh, scum-a. that's a good one. <laughs> lickily? Lick, lick, is that like I, it? Like what? What? What country do you think that name comes from? I don't know. And, and you know what? I don't even want to venture a guess because I feel like <laughs> it, it would, would be, be so racist if you put a country on that. It, it would be pretty racially insensitive. Yeah. If I had to guess what countries scum lickily comes from, I'm going to say Greenland. Greenland. <laughs> Two shell me raises. That's uh it 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 might it's plausible. It's plausible. All right, well since we couldn't get the the right Adam on tonight yeah, on today with it's the, the wrong Adam. Adam. Wrong Adam, that's me. And uh Jeremy and um Kyle. Hey, hey, Kyle. Yeah, so what we've been doing thus far is talking about the different shows, making characters, or GMing, which would be a really boring conversation. We asked you about GMing styles because. Ooh, what are these shows you're speaking of? Um, <laughs> the Boys. Have you been watching The Boys at all? Because, like. I, I, you ask me if I'm watching a comic book show? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> And um, well, here's the other thing: we no, none of the other people on our shows have another show. Like, uh, none of them are our Bruce Willis, if if you know what I mean. If you get the '80s reference from Moonlighting, yes, there yes. You go. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else, you know, none none of the rest of us have that. So you know, you're the only one with another show. So we'll probably end up talking about that at some point. I don't think I've actually listened to it yet, and I'm I need to, many haven't. Sure. It's okay. <laughs> i mean have you listened to these yet <laughs> yeah i just listened well i've listened to them as they did spotify i attempted oh. to do them from the google drive but it was a nightmare process for me and my eyes crossed every time so i thought, said i was just gonna wait and do yeah. them officially i mean you know what and and in my defense my listening to other podcast time has been greatly reduced Oh yeah! By editing this one, amen. <laughs> like I've amen. listened to every episode of these like forty times at this yeah, point, easily. And if I had yeah. to choose a path for you, I'd prefer the editing more than the listening. <laughs> I just, you and I disagree very strongly <laughs> on that, <laughs> Dick. No, I just mean like in the sense I'd like to. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's my dream. My dream is is we get to the point where I just pay someone else to edit it, amen. <laughs> and then I'm just sit back and you know. Roll it money like Scrooge McDuck, but that's probably not going to happen. Uh, While playing a game. While playing a game, obviously. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still want to play the someone, game. You know, audio file and be like, here, you fix it. Fix this. Make it sound good. Make sound good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it sounds like crap. 
your gain was too high. Be like, fix it. <laughs> oh man! Wait, I just did that, but it was my own track. So I guess yeah, that was your own track, actually. Was yeah, my own track. Well, you got no one to blame but yourself. So, Kyle, let me ask yes. you something. Okay, here's a random question. Ooh, I got a random question for you. I didn't have one in the introductions. Now I got one. If you had to pick a state to live in, other than the state you currently live in, that does not begin with an L, what state would it be? <laughs> you throwing that little L curveball curve <laughs> meant nothing. Um, <laughs> I mean, Hawaii is the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or uh, my second would be Hawaii, Maine, or uh, Wyoming. Those are my three big ones that I like. Wyoming because there's nobody there. Maine because I love seafood. And Hawaii because it's an island. Those all seem fairly diametrically imposed. <laughs> exactly you know what? Right. You know what the weird thing is? The weird thing is if you take all three of them and squish them into one place, you have Greenland. Yeah. This just took us back full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Greenland. Like I'm pretty nice sure stuff. if you take those three and make them one place, that's what you get, or at that least Iceland. Awesome. <laughs> Iceland, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great answer to the question. Yeah, uh, I guess there's only one state with an L, right? Just Louisiana? Yeah, it's Louisiana. Louisiana Just Louisiana. I mean, there's laziness. Is that a state? <laughs> it's a state of <laughs> state of being. <laughs> <laughs> I feel that state of being all the time. Yeah, all absolutely. The time. <laughs> so, Kyle, so you're on both of our shows, both of the um, both Two Past Midnight and Encore to the Lost. Mm-hmm. Um, which character would you like to talk about first? Or would you rather just talk about, in general, how you come up with an idea for a character? Well, that's been the biggest difficulty for me because, you know, I'm relatively lazy in all regards. So writing (laughs) complete backstories for characters is something I think of, but I I never really put down as much to paper. And in all reality, like when I came up with Dick, it's an an obvious ripoff and trope, but we won't get into that (laughs) For, for for litigious reasons, um, right. in regard, we don't, we don't want to get cease and desist letters from Absolutely. a certain Absolutely. corporation. Nobody that wants that at all. Was owned by a family where both of the parents died. For example, Amen. Absolutely. <laughs> but I really some I really really enjoy making my characters very very generic at the beginning mm-hmm. and completely modifying everything based on situations. So I kind of like to leave things open-ended with a very, very general sense of who they are and kind of just their overarching theme of the world. And then as things go, I like to fall into a niche based on who I'm playing with and then develop from there. So I don't think I'll ever reach a point where I write everything before we start because Mm -hmm. my brain is just so bat crap crazy that I want to change everything every day anyways. Right, right. Well, and that that makes sense for the collaborative storytelling, because then you can, I mean, because that's a lot like when you're GMing anyway, you have to try mm-hmm. to like mold the story around the characters. And if you have the char- the players themselves also molding the character around the, within the story, you know what I mean? Like trying to mm-hmm. make them fit. Like, yeah, no, I get that. That totally makes sense. And that's been one of those things Jeremy and I have talked about before, about making a character that wants to that wants to be in the campaign, <laughs> for example. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
But but I think that goes into like it, it makes sense. Like whenever you pick up a new character, like you don't necessarily have them completely fleshed out yet. Mm. It's almost like getting into a new car, and you're like, "Well, I've I've driven cars before, but let's see how this one handles." And 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 you kind of figure out, you know, how to progress with that particular character based upon the situations, and you're discovering who they are as you're playing. But like with Dick, I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I had him as so much of a follower, as kind of a lost soul starting everything in that campaign. I kind of wanted him to always just kind of be in the background, like the lost puppy character. But as we've started mm-hmm. and, you know, he's developed much more of a leadership investigatory role in it that yeah. I've, I've, I've very much morphed him into more of a guy who now has a cause that he really wants to figure out. And he's willing to be the forefront of it a little bit more. Whereas when we started everything, he was always in the background going, ha, what? Um, but like, you know, as things needed and like we needed somebody a little bit more leady in that campaign. So Dick's gone a little bit more to the forefront in that regard and, and is is kind of less of a lapdog. But yeah, no, I mean, yeah, and that is the thing. Like Dick's definitely come out, you know, um, a few times. <laughs> Name is worth its weight in gold for those kind of inadvertent situations. <laughs> Dick's come out. Uh, how are we haven't gotten to jail yet? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. He, he's come. He's come to the forefront a lot more, and and, and yeah, you've you've been playing him much more as a leadership role and, and he's really starting to progress and step into that. And it, it is a really interesting character progression. Yeah. Cause normally when I build a rogue, you're like, all right, strong silent type back, sneak in the shadows, this. And I kind of morphed a little bit of a personality out of kind of a guy who's a lost soul within the circus that just kind of is there because that's something that's always happened. And he just kind of, he never really, he hit a point where Something happened to his family and his parents, and he essentially, as a human being, didn't really progress past that point. He just kind of stopped being there and just, you know, was never a wave from that point on. But I think this may end up being, you know, what brings him out of his shell and gives him some sort of personality. But yeah, no, I mean, and that is the, yeah, the interesting thing is, is I've, I've really enjoyed the, the, the character of Dick, and it's also, I hope you're going to take this in the right way, but it's also kind of like watching... Because both you and and Brian are a little bit newer to the the role playing, one hundred percent. Like, yes. Uh, than Chris and Jeremy and I. Not that you know, never or like never been exposed to it or anything like that. But it's it's also almost like goes in tandem with watching you guys kind of come out of the shell of you know into role playing, mm-hmm. and that's been really cool to see that you know because you guys, both of you guys have just done some fucking Phenomenal amazing things. work. Thank you. So yeah. But but yeah, so those things kind of kind of go together. But um, uh, I still think one of us needs to have a cleric. <laughs> that would be nice. I have a backup. So if anything happens to Dick, I do too. We, we have one that I built that I actually really really like. So just you know, there's that. I'm pretty sure all three of us have a backup that's a cleric. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking the next thing is we just go with three clerics and see what happens at the next circus. Oh, we're all going to die. I've seen that happen before, and it turns it's out poorly. Well. I mean, I guess you could make different kinds of clerics. Like, you could have a couple of fighter. Yeah, mine, mine has a class that specifically has a pistol. So, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. See, that that would work. GM might uh, ixnay that. Though. It's part of it's a it's a it's a not even uncommon trope. Is it from Guns and Gears? No. 
Really? Yeah, it was just there. Huh. I'm going to have to look this up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you're> <laughs> I feel like that's one the GM will have to approve. Thank God the GM's not me for that one. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. <laughs> Jeremy was very much like, no guns. <laughs> just, yeah. We'll just, we'll just skip guns yeah. and gears because it's a good book, but eh. <laughs> I think that that might be in response to the whole Iron Gods thing. Oh, but, totally. Know. Yeah. Because it's all like laser guns and it robots. It is all and laser shit. guns and robots. And but, it was just like, well, let, yeah. let's do more to the fantasy aspect of it and less to the futuristic one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so both of his parents were also acrobats. Mm-hmm. Correct. You don't ask me where I got that storyline from, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm sure you pulled it out of thin air but uh the ether if you will <laughs> just kind of a kid that grew up in the circus that was part of a family lineage and then the family's no longer there and for some odd reason he's found himself in the circus which is possibly the worst thing you'd ever choose for yourself is to be completely surrounded by you know essentially remnants of your dead family and no real person to ever really grab onto and yet for some odd reason he finds himself in that situation and like i said that's where he's He's kind of stunted his growth in that regard because of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that that totally makes sense, and he's he's still trying to find his his mm-hmm. place. And you know what the weird thing is is I think all three of us uh, probably made characters very similar along those yeah. lines. People that have had some tragic backgrounds that were then you know still trying to find their place. Yeah. But I mean, I, I wonder if that's part of the like symptom of the the circus theme. I when I when I hit circus, I kind of assumed it couldn't be like, oh yeah, happy healthy home. But then, maybe, perhaps that's wrong of me. <laughs> um, but that's just kind of what I went with. Yeah. Well, that, my cleric character actually, my backup, that's actually his backstory. He's came from a really good family. <laughs> nice. He had a great childhood. Nothing really bad happened to him. You know, I mean, he lost something one time, but it was like his favorite coat. You know, mm-hmm. he like lost it at a river, but like, yeah, he has like no traumatic anything. Those characters eventually go crazy and turn into bad guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> or die heroic deaths. Or, or yeah, or die heroic deaths. What about um, Cole? Because we haven't really talked. Well, Cole, we rolled into. Cole was not, am I, I in no way, shape, or form thought I'd ever be playing the most militaristic of any of the characters, having zero real military background, as well as a man born in the 50s. <laughs> it was in no way, shape, or yeah. form from California. None of that was what I ever would have picked, ever would have expected, or is anything I'm completely comfortable with. So, rolled completely into him, and just looking at this character from a 100-foot view, I'm like, this is not going to be a nice guy, and I've got to just do that. Yeah, because, I mean, at this point, we're really, like, I don't think we've seen very much of, like, of his backstory. Mm-hmm. We haven't really heard very much of him. I mean, we've, I mean, I think we know that he was a spook, mm-hmm. you know, that he was uh, intelligent. Um, yeah, it really hasn't come out uh, much, like, actually in story, um, like, in the game, I guess, at least. But um, I guess I'm curious if there's, tidbits that you've thought oh my goodness you know absolutely. I mean? like little bits yeah. and pieces that that you if and this is up to you on if you want to share it now or if they're 
if there's things you want to hold on mm-hmm. to and not share till later, that's fine too. Yeah, I've got things with like his family. Like I have him as the the youngest of uh, multiple children, growing up in a military household where his father was in World War II, and kind of the stain that that left on the family, and why that led to him going into the military, and whether it was really a choice that he had or he felt that he didn't have. In some regards, I've got that. Um, he's got a background that uh, you know. I think will eventually come out that there's some ex-wives and some illegitimate children and stuff involved that, you know, kind of play into his lack of responsibility at many points in time in his life. So there's a lot of things like that. And then with, you know, standard military and then at one point going into special ops and then going into, uh, uh, you know, CIA type thing after that, um, there's, you know, a few other things that he went into that kind of led up to this war or, or, you know, have him a little closer to this than just being a typical thrust into world war three. He's got a little bit more hold on it than I'd say your average person mm-hmm. involved um, with some prior mm-hmm. knowledge to that. And that's kind of led to a lot of anger and, you know, trying, trying to right wrongs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, no, and that totally makes sense. He's probably yeah. one of the most, he's one of the characters I am, most interested in into seeing where he's going yeah yeah because Me too. there's so much <laughs> there's there's so much there and we just haven't seen it yet like we've seen a lot coming out of emmett and and murph and jacob at this point but but cole's been really reserved and like there's a little bit of trickle you know here and there and i'm i'm really interested to see how that character develops and like what story is there you know yes yeah. And there's even some things, yeah, we haven't touched on, like, you know, we were in a prison for multiple months, and if I was in intelligence, and if they found out I was in intelligence, then mm-hmm. guess what those months would have looked like for me as sucked. a character in that prison. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a thing I've been thinking about as referee in the game, and, like, that's a thing I've already considered, mm-hmm. and at some point, we're probably going to end up doing flashbacks yeah. to those sequences, because, yeah, if they found out you were intelligence, they would have... Ben, pick in your brain. And then did they find out on their own regard, or perhaps I have paranoia that the other three that were in there with me, somebody leaked that I have a background in intelligence, and then there becomes that whole aspect, because that's quite in what right. Cole would think and do. Right, exactly, exactly. Holy... You know, and I mean, even then. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah. But um, That's amazing. Yeah. No. Yeah. See, this is why the character intrigues me so much. Because just as another player at the table, there's so much we haven't talked about as far as like mm-hmm. backstories and things mm-hmm. like that that I, I'm just I, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, just the nature of the odd situations that we get into with this game just leads to so many different backstories and different abilities for things to come out and different choices. And there's even like I, there's choices that I was like, Ah, Cole would make this choice. But then there's a role involved that might prevent him from even making the choice that I've created for the guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like like he makes a role or fails a role, and then yeah, because like- I, you know, there was there's a there was a, a character that Cole chose to do something with that I was just going to say I'm just going, mm-hmm. this is what Cole would do, and then you're like, oh, there's a mechanic for that, and I'm like, oh crap, that means it could fail. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, yeah, that's a ways away. We haven't even gotten mm-hmm. even close. That's to why that. I was very vague on that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That's that's awesome though. I love that. 
cool. Now, if anybody listens to this, they'll listen to they'll, they'll be listening yeah. for that, <laughs> and they'll probably know what it is. But, but yeah, and and I think that's one of the things that's really interesting about this game is that that uh, about Twilight Two Thousand is it has for as streamlined as it seems like the rules are a lot of times. You know, uh, it it has some really weird like little rules like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean for like. You know, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of cool that way. That the rules are, are streamlined, but accurately depict a situation for their use. Like y- y- the rule is real simple, but you read it and you go, oh, well, that absolutely makes sense that it would function that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with Cole, I even inadvertently made a character that's completely the antithesis of my play style. Like I push mm-hmm. more roles than I think anybody has so far, and I'll probably continue oh, to yeah. do that. But I inadvertently picked a guy with a low intelligence and therefore <laughs> have less opportunities to screw up in pushing the kind of roles that I normally push. So I have to check myself because, you know, I'm mm-hmm. very loose in my play style in that regard because I get very easily frustrated when roles don't go my way. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to friggin' push it then. That's just how it's going to be. And I'm like, oh, crap, I have too stress. Oh, I stress. cannot push this. But boy, do I want to, and it's driving me nuts that I can't. Man, be careful about <laughs> pushing that stress. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get to that mechanic when it comes around. Mm-hmm. It'll be fun. But but yeah, no, and I mean, but that that goes back to that very first role in character creation where it's like roll the two D three and it's like you rolled like a the two, worst rolls of all time on the front. Because <laughs> yeah. I literally at one point during that creation I said, So the most important aspect of this character, I just completely got like the second worst you could do. Well, I mean well, it's and that's yeah. but that was one of the things that is it it's it's not actually. You know what I mean? Like because you you still could have like with, with as old as as Cole is, right? Like I don't think you actually at any point rolled so that he took like the effects of aging. You know what I mean? No, I did. I took I took two minuses. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes, shit, I took two dude. minuses during that as well. Oh my god! Because that's how I ended up with D's in both intelligence and fourth column. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. That's so is he just like D across the board for attributes? No, he's he's good in strength and, and moderately good in the the agility and all that. But then it's just DD. <laughs> it's just like, oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. I think he's like BBDD. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, he has a decent amount of specialties. He has a decent amount of like skills. And, uh, dude, the uh, the double draw on the initiative is amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's that a killer. that alone, yeah, that has definitely helped you guys out in quite a few scenarios so yeah, far. Yeah, because I think I've given it away like four times, but those are situations where like, oh man, we need the sniper to act first, or oh man, you two are the attackers, and now you're at the top of the initiative order. Right, right. Yeah, no, that definitely, like, yeah, that has, that has changed, I think, probably every uh, combat you guys have gone into. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Oh, my God. So seeing as how you're you're relatively new to the, the I mean, I know we, we were playing Pathfinder for a while now. Like, before we started recording, we were playing, like, those uh, scenarios that Jeremy was running us through. But j- just in general, I guess I was looking for, I was thinking, Kind of what your your thoughts are on the the different kinds of systems in general that we've been playing up to this point. Like, do you have a preference? Do you have just like, you know, is there a setting that you prefer? 
Are you just like all of this is fucking awesome? I'm like I'm liking everything out of Twilight 2000. I like all the different aspects of it and the character creation and all that stuff. I'm very frustrated in Pathfinder because everything <laughs> is so difficult. Like it's it's <laughs> it's different from my knowledge of Five E, where you're 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 much more likely to hit a monster. Oh yeah, it's just yeah. going to have a lot more hit points, but you feel like you're doing something to said monster. Whereas right. these abominations that Jeremy creates in Pathfinder, <laughs> you roll one of the highest rolls you can possibly go, and you almost crit fail. And you're like, "What do you mean?" As a level two, I need to roll a twenty six <laughs> to hit this thing. <laughs> so I would like to point out that I did not build these monsters. I, I these are by the book. I, I didn't do that. But it, it, there's such a frustration mechanic because you're like. Oh man, but I know that like those monsters don't have a lot of hit points, right? But boy, are they tough to hit. <laughs> well, you guys have also had like more than a couple combats where the rolls are just. I've been poisoned thirty-seven times in this. You game have been as poisoned well. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have been poisoned a lot. Uh, I, I mean, we almost we almost. Fixed it with marble yeah, I, I mean, yeah. at this point. So. Yeah. See, you did almost play a cleric. <laughs> yes. Oh, I came so close to playing a cleric. <laughs> oh, looking back, probably should have done that. Yeah, probably should have just <laughs> given up and died. But I was so attached to the character. Please let him live. No, no. no it was fun playing it out there. I, I really enjoy the character at this point. Mm. Like, I don't know, man. You, I going to have to duff some rules to, to keep him around. <laughs> yeah. Start throwing those hero points back out. Well, I guess I'll go poison the witch. <laughs> I do really like the, the hero coin mechanic in Pathfinder, that it can be used for re-rolling oh, yeah. things, which has come amazingly handy. And then also, please don't kill me. Yeah, the, the please don't kill me? Yeah. yeah. Those, those ones are pretty good. I do wish that it was kind of like a make the GM re-roll. Like that was an option. Yeah, too, no doubt. But, you know. Yeah, like, uh, re-roll that. <laughs> yeah, very similar to a, a luck in 5e. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or, or like advantage and disadvantage, the, the mm -hmm. way that kind of yeah, works. Yeah, yeah. I, I really haven't honestly played that much 5e. I listen, like, listening to things like Critical Role, they play, uh, for the most part, 5 and things like that. So mm -hmm, I, I, mm -hmm. I grasped onto their rule set more in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right, so, so then this leads me to the next question, which is, if you could live in any state that doesn't begin with an I, what state would it be? State of confusion. I'm I'm it, would, it would not be no. Illinois. No matter what, I'm never living in Illinois. I'm sorry. I lived in Illinois. Um, no, no, I was going to say, um, no, if there was, um, if you could play an RPG in a setting that we haven't played yet. Like a different, like a, like what kind of setting do you think would be? Nice? I'm obsessed with post-apocalypse and zombies. I love that kind of thing. So give me a fallout. Give me a Resident Evil. Give me a post-apocalypse. Give me Walking Dead. That kind of thing. Uh, I no love post-apocalyptic. Uh, on my other podcast, we talk about comics a lot. And we talk about a lot of tropes in comics. They're like, let's just make it post-apocalyptic. Let's throw in some zombies. And we're like, that's so stupid. But I keep reading those books because I can't stop because I love that kind of thing. So I don't mm -hmm, know, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's old hash and it's been redone, but I just there's something about it that I love. I love post-apocalyptic. Something's happened to the world. Everything's been reset. There is no society anymore. Also, watch out because if you die in your sleep, they're coming back to kill you. So, Mutant Year Zero. Got there it. you go. 
<laughs> Wait, are there zombies in that one? I don't think there's zombies, but uh, mutants. Yeah, that's true. There might be zombies. Wait, so I guess Twilight 2000, I guess Twilight 2000 then kind of hits that. Yeah, and po- very much post-apocalyptic is like what you guys, you know, there's no real end for this. Because even if you find a happy ending, you're going back to a dead world and things like that. Because like everything's been nuked and shot all to heck and everything. So just kind of how it well, is. Well, yeah, but I mean, but it's not. Yeah, I mean, there's. Yeah, <laughs> there has been so much material written for Twilight mm-hmm. 2000, like from the previous editions that like there are some really cool scenarios that take place in the continental U.S. Yeah. that like I could theoretically be like, we could do something like this. Well, one. What TV show were we comparing it to at one point? Not Homeland, but uh, something like that. Jericho. Jericho, exactly. Jericho. And I actually yeah. really liked yeah. that and wish we got more seasons of that. But like that's kind of what I'm right. still picturing as well. Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I mean, that's probably very much what it's like back in the mm-hmm. U.S. if I had to guess. You know what I mean? But I guess I don't have to guess. I could just decide what it's like. And, you know, you are the ref. And that's that <laughs> I am the referee of that game. <laughs> I could decide that it's like fucking Disneyland. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's <laughs> happy with you. Just FYI. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so you mentioned it. And so we should probably talk about that next. Um, your, your other podcast. Uh, what is it called? Uh, Comics for Fun and Profit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So about a decade ago, my brother, my brother's who's 11 years older than I, um, through some of like Walking Dead issue 100, and, and we really kind of fell back in love with comic books, and we hadn't since you know I was a I was a kid. He was in his late teens, going into college, and I was seven or seven seven eight nine years old, big into comics then, and kind of fell off. But we got back into it, and we just started mm-hmm. buying up more comics and talking about comics and speculation and eBay reselling and stuff like that. And we decided we'd do a podcast based on that as well, um, part because. You know, I just don't always spend a lot of time with my brother, so it was a, a nice way to just get together on a weekly basis and chit-chat and have fun with my brother and talk about something we have a mutual interest in. And two, we thought it would be kind of fun. So we started a podcast based on book reviews and also the speculation market of books. You know, you know, if X person is coming out in the next movie, then you find their first appearance in comic book form, and that comic book will X double in price or triple in price and when's the best time to sell that grading your comic books, how to ship comic books that you're selling on eBay, selling through Facebook, selling through consignment, uh, selling to a shop, that kind of thing. And we just kind of cycled from there. And next thing you know, it's been 10 years and 760 episodes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of, I can't wait till we get to, no, but I was thinking that like, while you're talking about that, like I was thinking that's interesting because that was a lot like the way Jeremy and I were doing anyway, you know, it was like, when he moved, I was like, I kind of still want to play role playing games with Jeremy, mm-hmm. you know. And that's the thing, like, like Brian moved away, and I was like, I want to do something with Brian. And he's like, Well, there's this opportunity. I'm like, Absolutely. Oh my god, that's so weird how shit like that mm-hmm. works out. <laughs> yeah, because we started playing um, uh, this Iron Gods campaign when quarantine happened, ah, like yeah. when that started, because our our Starfinder game kind of went on hiatus for a while there, and so I started a Iron Gods game on Roll Twenty. And then, you know, got a bunch of people playing that and was like, Jeremy, come play this with us. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, same thing. And then, and then it, you know, eventually, I guess, has turned into this. But yeah, so no, I totally get that. All right. So then you, you already said your favorite 
well, I don't know if they're your favorite type of comics, is apocalyptic zombie ones. But other than apocalyptic zombie comics, comics, what would be your favorite? I mean, yeah. So, like, I, I love Image Comics, which is uh, not DC or Marvel. Image is kind of an independent written format, mm-hmm. a little less superhero-y. But that's where you get sing- things like Saga, Mind Management, Mind the Gap, and different, very much creator-owned things that, kind of don't have a lot of rules um the difficulty with like modern comics and marvel and dc is you have 70 years of continuity to get around that pigeonholed you, you mm-hmm. in a lot of cases to really write things which is why when like things like injustice came out through dc where you had you know your dc superheroes in a completely different world where everybody went a little nuts and everything i really thought that was very well done and, and cling to that as well because you just get lost and well superman can't do this because in 1954 in issue 28 he did this and this and you're like ah <laughs> but you get into things like saga and image comics written by brian k vaughn which is essentially game of thrones meets star wars meets romeo and juliet and it's just super well written and there are no rules and it just absolutely think of the worst thing you can think of and it goes there and it's just so well done with such good art and things like that that you know i love those kind of books and i crave them and collect them um things like why the last man came i don't believe mm-hmm. that one was through image that was through a uh, vertigo's initial run but that yeah, was post-apocalyptic yeah, as well. But that run, that 60-issue run, was phenomenal. We won't talk about the TV series. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> but again, graphing towards post-apocalyptic. But just the way it was written as a comic book based in post-apocalyptic that is also based out of uh, Shakespeare in most regards. It was just you know really mm-hmm. good. And I love finding those little things like there. And then, of course, your superheroes. I'm a big Nightwing guy. Love DC things. Uh, my brother's big into Moon Knight, so we've had a lot of fun with that stuff coming up here with all, all the Moon Knight stuff coming in from the the, uh, the the show that was just on a few weeks or a few months ago through Disney Plus. And then as mm-hmm, it looks mm-hmm. like the MCU is heading towards more of a Young Avengers, kind of getting into what that's going to mean for that. Yeah, it does. It does kind of seem like they're heading that way. I actually haven't watched the. Um... As of us recording this, I hadn't watched the Miss Marvel mm-hmm. one yet that's on. I haven't watched that it's at getting all. getting great so reviews. I'm, 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 that's one of the things I'm like, I'm going to just kind of wait and try to blow through all of them if I can. But it's yeah, very yeah. well done. Yeah. It's, it's yet again, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of the, my time for those things has been eaten up by recording and or editing. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> And doing other shit associated with this. But it's been fun because, like, uh, I have three kids. And we just went through. Mm-hmm. I made the kids watch all the Toby Spider-Man, all the Garfield Spider-Man, and then go back. And they could watch oh, the Holland yeah. Spider-Man to go through all those. So mm-hmm. it's been fun going through a lot of the, the MCU stuff with my kids as well and telling the wife, I, I wish I could, but me and the kids got to watch this. <laughs> 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 See, I just got to wait till my daughter gets to the age where I'm like, okay, now I can let her watch, you know, these. Because she's Four right yeah, exactly. Because like things I craved with my kids is like, ooh, I get to naturally watch my son get go through Star Wars and see that I'm your father without hearing right. it. So right. there was a, a delicate yeah. balance of him being too early but not leaving him out there long enough where he hears all that stuff and I don't get yeah. to watch him react to it. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm. Uh, my daughter has seen the first Star Wars. Um, there you go. Yeah, but she started watching that like probably when she was two. She was making Chewbacca noises. <laughs> it was great. But um, 
but yeah, now I want to get her to the point where like we can watch Star Wars, you know, like in like a year or two. Mm-hmm. I, think. I think we're right about there, like when she's five, maybe six. And yeah, and then it'll be right at that age where it's like, here's Star Wars. We can actually watch the mm-hmm. whole thing. Here's Empire Strikes Back. And just like watch that, you know, transition there because that'll be yeah. amazing. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that moment. She'll probably be like, Dad, this is stupid. Why are you making me <laughs> I'm so <it?"> disappointed. <laughs> Kids, you better think because that is not going to be allowed to be your opinion. <laughs> well, no, the, currently, though, she does like, because um, we have like what's called, like we have our, when we have our daddy-daughter night, when like my wife has this, you know, thing she has to go to once a week, we end up watching like The Hobbit right mm-hmm. now. And when I say that, I don't mean the movies, like the, you know. The, the British cartoon, or the British series. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, the car- the old cartoon from like seventy eight mm-hmm. or whatever it was, and it's she loves it. You know what I mean? Like she's like she'll come out and I'll be like, "What do you want to watch?" She's like, "The Hobbit." I'm like, "Done." Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was very disappointing. I remember asking my son, "I'm like, well, what kind of music are you into?" And he's just like, ah, "I'm not really into music." And I was just like, oh, "What? How, How can you can not, not be, be into music? music? <laughs> like, that's the worst thing ever." I don't really like music. <laughs> like everyone, I don't really like. I don't like food. <laughs> I don't really like art. It's stupid. Yeah. Kids. <laughs> They're terrible. Oh, no. <laughs> Ruin everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure our parents thought the same thing. Amen. All right. So let's see. So that's your favorite comic book thing. So Jeremy, you got any good ideas for a question? We're making this shit up. Would you ever be interested in GMing? I don't oh, think that's question. for me. Again, we talked about the laziness and the kind of <laughs> general broad appeal of changing things on the fly. I think you have to be a little more organized than I typically am in my life for GMing. Um, so I've I've yet to catch the itch for that, and I, I think it's mostly a pure laziness thing. That makes sense. Yeah, it is. It is uh, an unfortunate amount of work. Um, <laughs> It depends on how you GM. It depends on how you GM. <laughs> and it also depends on what you're GMing. Mm-hmm. That's true, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess. Um, so other than post-apocalyptic, like if you could role play in a movie that doesn't have zombies, mm-hmm. what kind of movie would it be? I mean, I love fantasy. I've been a, a big fantasy guy, you know, swords and shields and all that weird stuff uh, since back mm-hmm. in the day, you know. If it's not Final Fantasy, it's been Legend of Zelda and everything. Anything I can do to, you know, pretend I'm a, a fantasy right. character with a sword and a shield. So, I, I, you know, the general aspect of D&D and, and where it typically takes place, I love everything about that stuff. So, I mean, I, you know, I love to stay in the fantasy and I'd be perfectly happy if it was just, you know, elves and dwarves for the rest of my life. But I also am a big fan of that kind of thing. Well, I, the only reason I ask them is because I know they're like, man, there are so many fucking role-playing games out there right now. <laughs> like, but, I, like, everything is going to come back to a video game. Like, things like Bioshock, where you have this, you know, Ayn Rand utopian society underwater that <laughs> becomes all about modifying mm-hmm. yourself to find the perpetuation of beauty, and that society eventually falls upon itself. That kind of thing I love as well. Okay, yeah. So we're talking post-apocalyptic, elves and dwarves, and zombies. Yes, yes. This sounds like an amazing so game. So Shadow Run. <laughs> that's what that's I was thinking. <laughs> that sounds so exactly that's like Shadow, Shadow Run. Run. I mean, yeah. It's like you take all of that, mash it into like Cyberpunk, and you got, you know, Shadow Run. Yeah. But another thing, like with this, I'm the role playing aspect of it, the, the characterization, mm-hmm. the acting. 
you know, I took a couple theater classes in, you know, high school, mm-hmm. obviously, that kind of thing. A little bit of, you know, improv through that as well. But I think that's where I really need to do more work is on that aspect of my game. Because mm-hmm. just trying to find, I, you know, as we've seen already during this, I talk over people all the friggin' time. And I might just getting the timing <laughs> of that down and, you know, when to lead the conversation, when to push the conversation, how to talk, how much to talk, when to just have a, a weird narrative vomit piece that you need to do and all that. I'm still mm-hmm. very much learning. As you can tell from both of my characters, I've yet to do anything with a real v- different voice in our little pregame mm-hmm. that we played before these two. Uh, where we played a thing where I was a goblin, that kind of thing a little bit, but I haven't really <laughs> mm-hmm. done anything. But to be honest, Cole rolled a California guy, so like it's not like he was from Kentucky where I could do anything. Right, right, but right, yeah, it is kind of like accent neutral. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's entirely required. Like Adam and I get into doing voices and things like that, and I know Brian, Brian really leans into that, hundred <laughs> percent. You yeah, know? he does. But but I don't think it's really necessary. Like you don't, it's not a requirement for you know for those things. And honestly, there's there's a spot later on which has not been aired yet where Adam just throws you a hot potato and you just fucking mm-hmm. rock it. Like yeah. you just start pulling stuff out of your ass out of nowhere, and it it's amazing. Like you did fantastic. Thank you. And then and that's the thing I need to hopefully be able to be able to do more. Well, that, that's the funny thing is because, like, Jeremy and I were talking about that afterwards, and I was like, dude, he made that up in the moment. And he was like, what? I was like, yeah, I didn't know what he was going to do. I was just like, hey, it's this thing. Good luck. And, like, <laughs> just to, like, see what happened, you know? I was like, yeah, no. I was like, that was not planned. I didn't read a backstory that had anything about that. I yeah. just threw it in. And and, and like, you just yeah. took it and ran with it. And it's it's fantastic. Mm. Like, it, it sounds like you planned it from, you know, the beginning. It's, it's mm-hmm. awesome. I've decided that's going to be a new thing I'm going to do every once in a while is just throw what I'm going to call improv hot potatoes. In. <laughs> and that, <laughs> that's, and that's, cool. that's, that's so cool. Cause like I learn things about my characters when you do that kind of thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, but no, I, I think you've done it because that's the other thing is I don't think the voices themselves are as important as the voice mm. of the character. Like the, like the point of view of the well, character. You're just you know what I mean? Like fartsy. I think as long as there's a, <laughs> I said, now you're just getting artsy fartsy. There's a difference. No, and I'm serious. Like the the character could have like the exact same voice and be a completely different character. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Just because it's the same actor playing mm-hmm. it. Like, think about like Gary Oldman. No, Gary Oldman's a bad example. Like, <laughs> you could put bunny ears on that motherfucker, and he would be like, "I'm a I'm a rabbit," and you'd be like, "Yeah, he's a fucking rabbit." You <laughs> exactly. know? Like that's <laughs> that's Gary Oldman. Like it's just. Total bad example because it'd be like, yeah, he's, he's a rabbit. I obviously, right, but he doesn't change. He's got a rabbit. That's a I'm really saying. good actor. He does. He um, does. Not, not really. <laughs> I 100% disagree. <laughs> 100% disagree with you on this. Anyway, th- this is a whole other topic at that point. You're going to talk shit about Gary Oldman. I'm not talking shit. <laughs> I'm proving a point that, like, Gary Oldman is the same dude in everything he plays, but he's not. No, Robert De Niro's the it's same Robert, dude in everything he plays. Robert De Niro's just Robert De Niro. That's it. You, you know what you're getting. Yeah, but even... No, but that's but that's a good but that's a better example though because like if you look at Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver or you look at Robert De Niro in like Meet the Fockers or you look at Robert De Niro in 
Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of like another one that's like not at all the same kind of Good character, fellas. you know. Um, uh, yeah, well, I mean, and only because like Travis, the Travis Bickle character in Taxi Driver is such a very like specific kind of character. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah, and his character in Goodfellas is not the same character. It's but it's still the same voice. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. not like trying to like come up with a new voice for the character. He's just playing that character. You know? And I and that, but that was my point ultimately is I don't think the voice is as important as the like point of view of the character. You know, like where they're coming from. And and sometimes that could just be cadence. You know what I mean? Like how they say what they're saying. Or the words that they choose, or the words they choose not to use, you know, like that's sometimes more important than tone and you know anything else. Yeah, but yeah, I got artsy fartsy, and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, I'm sorry about that. How dare you? I know, I know. That's yeah, because I don't do a lot of I don't do a lot of voices. I don't think so. I might maybe. I try to, but, but <laughs> it's it's like six. Yeah, well, like you six. you were running your voice through a modulator at one point, and you stopped doing that. That was early on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. was doing the society stuff, yeah. and then I, I ended up taking a a step back from that just because it ended up sounding way too weird and didn't. <laughs> it was quite fun. <laughs> like it, it was very fun. It, it was far too one way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I couldn't even hear it. it was ah. Like I wasn't I wasn't doing active monitoring at the time, and. <clears throat> everything that came out of it was just my own voice. So I had no idea what it sounded like. And it, yeah. Yeah. That was definitely the problem with it. Cause the volume difference between <laughs> the, the effect and like your actual mic was so right. different that it was like, Oh my God, it's so loud. Yeah. <laughs> Why is this so loud? It was like you were yelling at us constantly. <laughs> oh, do you have a backup character planned for? No. Cool. Or I'm sorry, uh, Kyle. <laughs> I do not at the moment. I know what it would be, but I have I've yet to put anything on paper. Because I was actually thinking about may potentially for backup characters, and this is a thing I'm going to bring up now is the that the option of using the archetype method instead of the whole like yeah, life path. Because literally, I would I, I would I would make essentially the archetypal medic as my backup character. Because mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. I actually very much like the the in combat medic. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and yeah, the me- I don't know if you saw that in the book. Did you have you seen that in the the player's manual? Right now, the actually. archetypes. For- oh, did you get your copy? Uh, you you linked to that digital uh, manual with everything. Oh, that's not what oh. I meant. No, okay. Um, Brian got his package. Yours should probably be there gotcha. tomorrow. So just to let you know, there's a set of dice and a very cool, awesome. Yeah, so you'll have a, a copy of that to peruse at your leisure. Instead of having to print the whole thing <laughs> off. <laughs> may or may not be from work. No, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like Jeremy and I had talked about um, bringing in other games at some point. You know what I mean? Like playing some other systems. Yeah. Uh, kind of like as one-offs. Basically, at that point, the settings become almost limitless at that mm-hmm. point. <laughs> like we could play fucking pretty much anything. Yeah. You know, and that that was why I was asking about, like, if you had an interest in, like, any other, you know, um, genres, mm-hmm. I guess, other than, you know, like, if it's fantasy, you'd prefer. Or I mean, those are the like, places I'm, you know. I'm comfortable with because those are, the, like, the environments I play games in and stuff. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm down for whatever. It would be kind of cool to just be, like, something I've never touched to be, like, I'm I'm not a space guy. I typically hate space, but I might love it. Do you, what about Alien? 
<laughs> like the movie Alien. Oh, like fear based and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was why I was curious. I was just like, you know, because it's space, but it's almost it's less of a sci fi movie and more of a horror movie. At I, that point. Yeah, I'm I'm weird in that I I love zombies and that kind of stuff, but I don't like horror. Oh, okay, like yeah. I I don't watch your Friday the Thirteenth or your Halloweens or any of that stuff. I don't like spooky. It's weird. Hmm. So, like, okay, are there any kind of horror genres you know that you like, or is it just all horror genres you don't I just, like? I just like. Like they're like, ooh, the Saw movies. I'm like, I will never watch those. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I feel the same way about the Saw movies. I feel like that's just gore for gore. Exactly, and I, I, I'm a, I'm diametrically opposed to that. But like, I'll watch a good zombie movie. I'll watch a 28 Days Later or those kind of things as well. But for the most part, when they're like horror, I'm just like, nah, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. What about like the thing? Like the the eighties one, like John Carpenter, yeah, the thing and the blob and none of that stuff really. Okay. okay, I'm just curious. And again, I'm not against it. I'm just not drawn to that kind of thing. Right, right. There are reasons I'm asking this because in my head, and Jeremy probably knows which games I'm thinking <laughs> I about. Do. What about X Files? Do you like X Files? I, I very much enjoyed X Files. <laughs> yes. Okay, noted. You're you're a metal guy when yes. it comes to music too. Aren't yes, you? very much so. Got it. Yeah. I, because I thought Brian had mentioned that before in in some of our side conversations, and that that you're a big metal guy, and there's definitely a game with zombies and metal that would be perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you looked at the Merc board game? Yeah. <laughs> it's that's basically what it's it all is. that. It's just that. That's awesome. That is seriously my favorite RPG book right now. Like the book itself is fucking astounding. It's gorgeous. It has like a ribbon attached to the book, so you can like like a a page mark, you know. It's oh, but I'm not. I'm thinking gorgeous. that you know the joy of this isn't necessarily unique because you're seeing even like in current Stranger Things they're leaning into D and D and metal music in a lot of things. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> the, the Bard. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That was like. When he started playing fucking Master of Puppets, yeah. I was like, this is amazing. Yes. I, I went back to a person that I work with that was just like, he couldn't get through season one. And I'm like, you've got to force yourself through everything just for this one thing. I don't care what you have to do. You yeah. have to get through it. And it will yeah. be worth it. Yeah, that, that scene was so fucking yeah. amazing. <laughs> it's like that guy got to live out a music mm-hmm. video, like a rock like metal video from the fucking yeah. 80s. <laughs> I think that was one of the other things that was kind of funny in that show when he was they were like looking through all the different music because they were going to try to bring the one girl mm-hmm. out of it. And they're like, you know, we're looking for music. And he's like holds up like an Iron Maiden cassette. He's like, this is music. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so great. Oh, man. All right. So we've talked about Stranger Things. We've talked about other Stranger yeah. Things. Um <laughs> Uh, Jeremy, you got any other good um, topics, I guess? I'm running low. Running low. I'm usually bad at these. Mm. Uh, you, you're much Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle would you be? Which Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle oh, would you be? That's a good <laughs> Wait, which one would I would I want to be? Or which one am I mo- most like? Ah, see, there you or go. Or which one? Well, there's different. Yeah, I do a lot of things with uh, the the four archetypes of the Ninja Turtles, and then compared to the current four Robins we have in DC continuity as well. Oh yeah, 
I can see a correlation between yeah. those. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about which Ninja Turtle I would I mean, think. Donatello was always everybody's favorite back in the day. I, I know. That was like the first yeah. one I go to, but I don't know how Donatello. But then I you've am. got the dumbest of all weapons and. Yeah. Right. And then you really just want to be the nerd. I mean, he was the best one, oh, yeah. though. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, he was definitely the best Ninja mm-hmm. Turtle. You know, and I, but, well, that's the other thing, too, is I, I feel like the people that are drawn, I'm going to alienate people. I feel like the people that are drawn to, and it's fine. It's one of them's going to be Brian <laughs> in a second. I feel like the people that are drawn to, like, Raphael mm-hmm. are the same people who are just, like, drawn to Wolverine. Yeah. You know what ooh, I mean? You, ooh, shots like, fired. <laughs> those, those are some shots fired. I don't even think Adam no, understands but I'm, I'm, why. <laughs> I do. I know why. <laughs> He'll listen to this later and be like, God damn it. That's funny. No, 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 no. But I'm not, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I just mean that, like, you know, because it, it, I don't know, different people latch on to different characters and, you know, like for whatever reason, you know, but, um, uh, I don't. I don't know. It was one of those like my issue with the movies, the X Men movies, for example, um, which were great. You know what I mean? Like they were mm-hmm. amazing. But my issue was the that Wolverine they, was six foot tall. Well, <laughs> one, one, two was they just treated Cyclops like a you know like a piece mm-hmm. of crap. You know what I mean? They would tr- like the other characters would do that in the comics, but the character Cyclops is a badass. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but they just kind of like in the movies dismiss him as just this like eh whiny guy you know whereas like he was the captain america of the group you know like he was the tactician he was you know and and he just got like sidelined because everybody liked the rebellious wolverine Mm -hmm. you know yeah qualities of leadership seem to be overrated in almost every characterization people don't really give yeah oh he's the guy that leads everything he's the one that makes everything work he balances out all the different personalities and gives them you know what they need to succeed in every regard, people are just right. like, ah, anybody can do that. No, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can't. Not everybody can do that, you know? And that was, like, the unfortunate thing, because they still could have killed him mm-hmm. off. But it would have meant more if he was, like, the glue of the yeah. team. You know what I mean? Even though him and Wolverine butt heads, you know, in spite of that, he's still the glue of the team. And then his death would have meant something. But it, it wasn't, it didn't play out that way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it played out like, ooh, we were all waiting for him to die, so he's out of the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly, you know. And yet again, I'm not, you know, necessarily talking trash about Wolverine. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like the person that wrote <laughs> those had a too much of an obsession for, you know, with Wolverine in one way or another. Well, I've talked a lot of crap about Wolverine because even in modern continuity Marvel <laughs> stuff, he's just boring. It's just like, let's see how much of his flesh we can melt off just to have him heal, <laughs> just to be something dumb. Um, but like you, you went to the the little girl version of Wolverine, the clone, um, in a lot of mm-hmm. stuff, and she actually had really good storylines because you were able to take some of the, the cooler things about Wolverine, but not have to be just the exact same personality and the exact same ball of rage with it. You could actually think about things and try to do things instead of just being angry and looking for people. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to get your opinion. Mm-hmm. Wolverine, um, I think it was called The Wolverine, right? The one where he's in Japan, mm-hmm. right? Okay. In that movie, in the beginning, he's in the pit, right? And he, like, covers the guy up, and, like, the bomb goes off and, like, melts off, you know, his skin and everything. Yeah. And then his skin and everything grows back, Yep. right? 
and his hair grows back to the exact same haircut. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's realistic or not? <laughs> yeah, and they tried to circumcise him when he was a kid. It just didn't take, too. So, I mean, there's all that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, the haircut thing specifically bugged me. Yeah. <laughs> like, when I watched it in the theater, I was like, hair's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would have to start from the follicles. Exactly. Yeah, it would have to start from, like, he'd be like a, you know, a seal, a baby seal, right? He'd just be, like, smooth. The idea of a dead cell regenerating is, in and of itself, not possible. Well, maybe maybe his hair cells aren't dead. Whoa, adamantia. Oh, an... Like maybe they're that's still living, man. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just constantly. Well, that's the other thing too. Does he constantly have to groom? You know what I mean? Is he just constantly like shaving himself with the claws? And did they do him a favor by giving him the adamantine ones to just like constantly shave with? You know, and does he just leave like a trail of? Hair, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like everywhere he goes. I'm sure he sheds. Like a what was the same thing with Superman? How does Superman shave and all that? I mean, they went through all that for a while oh, too, as well. Kryptonite razors, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only way. It's the only way he's going to be able to do it. God, I hate Superman. So well, no, I disagree with you. No, man. it's it's I love fine. Superman. I, I hate I, Superman. I, I hate Superman. <laughs> I mean, he is the Boy Scout, and I am an Eagle Scout, but I still dislike. Superman. It's just too I, easy to get into. Yeah. It, it's just he, heroes that are, are so superior that you have to give them some bullshit moral quandary to like make it interesting. It's, he's just overpowered. Well, Flash is the worst of them all. Flash is the most overpowered character of all time. If you actually stack up the powers, it's like, oh. Yeah, he you, is. You, you couldn't do anything. You'd be like, oh, no, what's he going to do about a bank robber? I don't know. Go back in time, vibrate <laughs> through them, murder them all, or change his past, kill him as a baby, <laughs> a million things. Yeah. <laughs> or make it so the, the bank robber's parents didn't die, <laughs> give, and he give, grows up in a stable family. Just yeah. snap your fingers, and all of a sudden he has a happy life, and he's just like, why thank well, you? Well, no, actually, weirdly... That sounds like it would fit the Flash, though, like mm-hmm. character wise. Like, that's what he would do is go back, find the thing that, like, made this, that took this person down the wrong path in their life, and then rectify it so that they could, like, live a happy life. Also, that makes for really boring storytelling. <laughs> yeah, they're on season eight of the TV show because they're doing none <laughs> of that. It's, it's basically, it would basically be a combination of, like, Highway to Heaven. <laughs> Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Flash Leap. Is that what we call it? Quantum, Quantum Flash, maybe? We've created a new character. God damn it. Now someone's going to steal our idea. <laughs> Don't listen to this, DC. <laughs> no, I 100% disagree with you on the Superman thing. That's all I'm going to say. It's the worst. But for the exact reasons that you said you don't like it, Jeremy. Yeah. I think it's interesting that his like primary nemesis is just a dude, you know, like a really smart human, you know, like there's nothing super powered about him other than he's super intelligent, you know, and it's it's him that like dreams up these moral quandaries to, you know, challenge Superman. You know what I mean? That he has to come up with those situations to to put him into. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. But well, that, that goes back to, like, Lex Luthor is more interesting than Superman at that point. Oh, yeah, totally. No. Well, uh, now we're about to get into that. Yeah, um, that's a whole. <laughs> so, Kyle, you're predominantly, uh, up to this point, have been a, a comics mm-hmm. guy then. So, 
Um, what is your opinion on the differences between the the big two, right? Between like the way Marvel does their characters and the way like DC has from their a characters. comic or television or movie perspective. <sighs> yes, let's go comic. <laughs> well, they're they're let's all start with let's start different. with comics. So Marvel is just jettisoning ton of th- a ton of things out. They're putting out hundred uh, you know hundred different books a month in any given thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just trying to cover as many bases as possible. Um, they're up to charging almost $8 a book now. They're doing weird legacy numbers where they're like adding all of the Moon Knights for all of time and saying, we're at issue 600, so you got to pay 10 bucks for this, and it's a celebration. So they're, they're, they're doing a lot of things like that at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And then just kind of, you know, there's, I think, seven or eight spider books at the moment, and there's like six or eight Wolverine books or uh, X-Men books at the moment. So it's a lot of just quantity over quality. There has definitely been some good stuff in like your, uh, your, your venom run that was out. Um, you know, your, the Thor movie that's coming out is based on Jason Aaron's run of uh, Thor God of Thunder from a few years ago, but they're just mm-hmm. shotgun scattering at the wall and hoping they can hit something. Um, DC is lost a bit as well. well if you just look like tom king hijacked the batman comic for a long period of time and then brought a relationship with catwoman in where they got engaged and people hated it so much to the point where tom king just kind of got kicked off of it and said go write yourself a 12 issue arc for this on the side and then let us get back to regular bat books and things like this and then you know they've gone you know which I'm okay, which I, I actually think is good. They've gone towards, like, there's a bisexual Robin. There is uh, Superman's son and Jonathan Kent's gay and has a, a storyline. And they're leaning very heavily into that as their thing as well, just doing stuff different with different characterizations. And I'm glad they're doing it with new characters instead of rehashing old things. I mean, it makes sense in the regard that they did it. And even, you know, Tom King, one of my favorite writers at the moment, not Tom King, but uh, Tom Taylor, uh, is responsible for some of the stuff on that. So it's it's being well done and handled well, but they're doing a lot of that thing in the new one. Um, and then the big thing with DC is like, okay, let's take all the superheroes, and now they're all zombies, and they're trying to kill each other. <laughs> or We didn't Marvel do Mar- that? Marvel did a, a quick set, but like we've just gone so deep into uh, into that with DC quite a bit at the moment. And mm-hmm. know, they're just kind of spinning their wheels and lost and hoping for different things. They're trying a bunch of different stuff, but not all of it's really hitting for DC. But I still love them. Mm-hmm. Like Tom Taylor's writing the Nightwing run, and it's been super good. They even changed Dick Grayson to to Rick for a little while, doing some odd things there. Oh. Um, but like, tell me more about just... this Dick Grayson. <laughs> yeah, this Dick Grayson character. <laughs> but even like. DC's no, trying no. a black label line, which is supposed to be kind of a more more towards adults, a more, you know, a more a, you know, a more adult take on the comics. And they the first one they did was a Batman book and they showed like the <laughs> you saw a thing where you saw Batman's dick in in issue 1. <laughs> so like that became a collector's <laughs> item because it was the first appearance of Batman's dick. So wasn't that, that, just wasn't that exactly? But but then like they got backlash from it. So then they've been kind of in the wind with what this black label line really is. Is it mm-hmm. more of an adult gear towards things, or is it just where you put things that are slightly out of continuity 
and, and, and try to do them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I was hoping they would just be like, well, we're just going to kind of go in a more adult setting and a darker perspective from this. But the the, fi- the smallest bit of pushback, and this was, you know, four or five years ago, it just kind of mm-hmm. blew them off the pattern. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, but there's mm-hmm. there's a couple of different schools of thought, but neither of them in the comic realm have really, I, I don't see them having a course. There, a lot of them are just throwing different things out there and hoping something sticks. And, you know, they hit a lot of cool home runs with Spider-Man in Marvel with the stuff that led to the Spider-Verse. Because they, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they put out a Spider Gwen book on accident, and mm-hmm. she caught fire because it was such a cool character. And then they're like, "Ah, crap, we've got to do that." Yeah. But subsequently, they were also doing a character called Silk, who was a character that got bit by the same spider as Peter Parker, but her parents took her kind of underground into a bunker for a decade and tried to hide her from the world. But she didn't hit quite as hard at the same exact time as Gwen did. So then Gwen hit fire and became part of the Spider-Verse animated series and all Mm -hmm. that and went nuts. And now we're just digging through, you know, Elseworlds of spiders to see which one will hit next. (laughs) And to the point where we're like, ah, can we do something else with this? But the thing that they chose to do something else was bring Ben Riley back, which was stupid. So they make bad decisions. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think you're right when you were saying that it's, it's a it's a throw everything at the wall and kind of you know see what mm-hmm. sticks or like a almost like a Family Guy you know comedy strategy where it's like there's so many jokes in an episode that it's like you miss half of them because they're not really that funny, but then it's like oh this one was funny oh that was really but funny. so much you of know? the industry is like people my age and your age are hitting forty and becoming nostalgic, so you're seeing like mm, they're re-releasing yeah. uh, Garbage Pail Kid comics and Mad Balls comics. And you're seeing a spike in the 70s Star Wars stuff and those things. The original Teenage Mutant Ninja <laughs> Turtles, um, Eastman and Lard mm-hmm. got together and rewrote an, uh, a last Ronin book just because of, you know, there's money to be had by our generation finding having collectability and money in this thing and grabbing for our nostalgia. Mm-hmm. And nostalgia is a powerful, uh, powerful marketing yeah. tool, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I mean, Taking us back to Stranger mm-hmm. Things, I'm pretty sure that's what yeah. that is. You know what I mean? Like it's just all of it. It's nostalgia. Yeah, all of you it. know. Uh, sorry, I was being nostalgic there for a second. I get caught in it all um, the time where I'm just like, oh, I remember when I had this and these and like GI Joe, <laughs> the Larry Hama GI Joe stuff started oh, to right? spike. Yeah, yeah. There's a GI Joe role playing game, by the way. Oh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Everybody wants to be snake eyes. I'm pretty sure nobody dies. I'm pretty sure the rule, <laughs> that's the rule. There's zero Duke death can't in the die. game. <laughs> nobody, well, yes, he can. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we talking about, never mind. I don't, I don't want to dive into the cartoons too much. But didn't he die in the movie? Yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah the one with Falcon, not the live action one, but the one with, with Falcon. Like the the GI Joe movie, like the, the cartoon, one, right? Yeah. He died in that. Yeah, we yeah. we, we yeah. always killed our heroes. We killed him and we killed Prime in Transformers. I mean, it's just what we did. Oh God! If there was a moment that ruined my childhood, it was Optimus Prime. <laughs> <dying>. <laughs> I was so oh God, that messed me up <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> Mine was when they turned uh, Jazz into a Pontiac Solstice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man! Or when they never mind. I was gonna go off on an Indiana Jones thing. <laughs> Adam aliens? Chase. Why aliens? Why aliens? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
weirdly, I'm still excited about the new one, and I haven't. I don't know. I don't know if it's I'm told good they're going in a good direction, and give me more Nazis to beat. That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, right. Like have them fight Nazis. It'll be great. All right. Well, I guess um, I'm probably wrapping it up because we're probably running out of topics. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, we could just keep. If rambling. not, we'll just have to do another one. But mm-hmm. um. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you for for joining us, and uh, thank you for playing in the in the games up to this point. Um, we're gonna have to let you go because uh, Adam Driver is gonna be on deck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna bring Adam Driver in. Excellent. As soon as we get a hold of his publicist. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, seriously, man. You, like, yeah, you you and Brian, like, you guys, our 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 Pathfinder. Uh, game when once we were started like just test recording it when it was like when the one Jeremy was running when it was Extinction Curse like that just kind of mm-hmm. solidified the whole idea of like we need to do this as a podcast because yeah. this is we amazing. are the fresh blood in yeah it. well no it's, it was the it was the chemistry in the role play mm-hmm. like it was just so like I don't know I don't know you guys brought it was like, on point yeah yeah, yeah. you guys even with the relative lack of experience in the um games you guys brought such a like fresh like look at it like a a, a fresh uh, perspective to it that it yeah it really i don't know it made it fun so i'm, I'm glad and you got great energy and and in the way we all kind of like jive off of each other i mean it yeah no it works really well yeah, yeah. i've had a blast with it i look forward to our recording now it's been quite fun yeah all right well um Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Jeremy. And um, I guess that's uh, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs>